I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. Every night at the end of every workday, I want you to write down something you achieved during the day. And then if you're not working and you're job searching or you're in between, still write something down. Because with five days in the week, 52 weeks in the year, that's over 200 accomplishments a year you'll have ran down. And that can be a really powerful activity to boost your confidence. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 421 with guest Kyle Elliott. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad you are here. You know what's making me smile and be so happy lately? Those of you who are tagging me on Instagram, there's some kind of app or something that tells you the the most you've listened to a certain podcast. I did not explain that very well. But the, the amount of time that you spend on any particular podcast gives you like your top five or something like that. And I am so freaking honored that I am on these lists. Some of you, you listen to me like more hours in the year of 2021 than any other podcast. And I just, I am so grateful that you choose to spend your time with me and my guests. And that being said, I think that 2022 is going to be even better in terms of the podcast because I am categorizing topics. So the first couple of months, the first and it, we might it might not start the very first week of January. Like I got to I got to plan things out because I tend to not sometimes. So we're going to do the topic of you know, therapy and mental health. And then we're going to go into, we're going to have a couple of months of spirituality and creativity. We're going to have a couple of months of self-care for women. We're going to have a couple of months of women's health, which I'm really excited about. Let's see what else. We're going to also do one. I can't remember. I'm just, I'm. Oh, we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about feminism. And they're going to be organized. Yay for organization. Okay, so I'm really excited about that for next year. Please stay tuned and subscribe so you are notified 
that the new episodes drop. I'm also going to do some mini-sodes in between weeks with just me talking about things. I'm either going to be talking about the episode that just aired, or I'm going to be talking about maybe some things that I'm seeing, you know, pop culture-wise or in the news or books that I'm reading, something, something. Because survey says, when we sent out that survey a while back, that a lot of you wanted to hear those little mini-sodes, maybe 10 minutes or so. Okay, so we're going to get those too. This week, we have Kyle on, caffeinated Kyle, as he calls himself. And this episode is for anyone who kind of struggles to find your strengths. Like, what am I great at? What makes me fabulous? That's his specialty. And he also talks about careers. So switching careers or finding what is your specialty to be able to advance yourself in a career. And I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. Also, if you haven't already and you're interested, we have some openings for the new year for private coaching. My two lead coaches, Liz and Sabrina, and I also have one opening for private coaching. You can come with sort of like your primary focus, like this is the things that I want to work on. I need to uh, set better boundaries. I need to make myself a priority with my self-care, and I'm feeling so overwhelmed. How do I do that? That would be Liz and Sabrina's specialty, among many other things. And mine is, well, you could go through the daring way, which is which is all about shame work. And I, I don't mean to, to laugh about it. My chuckle there is because it is the deep end. It very much is the deep end where we walk into the behaviors that make you your inauthentic self that make you, as Brene Brown says, hustle for your worthiness. And I wrote all about that and how to stop feeling like shit. All those 14 habits that you all read about, that's what we uncover in this deeper work with me. AndreaOwen.com slash apply. And you can also let us know specifically what it is that you want to work on in that application. And that will help us with the next step in figuring out if coaching is right for you uh, or if it's something else and maybe who would be the best person to hop on the phone with for a consultation. So AndreaOwen.com slash apply. And let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Kyle Elliott is the founder and career coach behind caffeinatedkyle.com. As a result of working with Kyle, senior managers and executives have landed jobs at Facebook, LinkedIn, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and nearly every other Fortune 100 and 500 company you can think of. A trusted career expert, Kyle's words have been featured on Forbes, Fast Company, The Muse, and The Ladders, among dozens of other leading publications. He is an official member of the invitation-only Forbes Coaches Council, a member of the Gay Coaches Alliance, and a certified health education specialist. So without further ado, here is Kyle. (laughs) Kyle, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am curious, first and foremost, about, okay, so on social media and on your website, you are caffeinated Kyle. So where did that come from? Is it just like you love coffee that much or tell us about that? I'm curious. Yeah. So it has a double meaning. I do love coffee. I'm literally drinking my second coffee of the day right now. Soy milk, sugar-free vanilla. Love it. And then that Uh second meaning is I help people caffeinate their careers, their job searches, their lives. And before the pandemic, a lot of that was over coffee. I'd teach people how to go from meeting people on LinkedIn to having coffee in person. And now those are virtual coffees. But really, it's this love of coffee and then integrating that into people's job searches, their careers, their lives. 
Okay. So I, I get it. So it's like almost using it as a, a way to come together that is an alcohol. And I like that because mm-hmm. I'm sober. So <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Well, tell us about your journey and how did you get to start doing this work? Yes. So I'm the founder and career coach behind CaffeineaCal.com, but I did not grow up saying, hey, I want to be a career coach. I want to write resumes when I grow up. I don't think a lot of people (laughs) think that when they're younger. The only (laughs) career coach I knew was my university career counselor. I didn't know people ran coaching businesses. So when I was an undergraduate, I learned of Fiverr. It's a marketplace where you can literally charge $5 for different gigs. There was people who- I have used Fiverr before. Yes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people use it for voiceover, for copywriting. And I was like, hey, I could review resumes. I could write LinkedIn profile summaries for $5. So I did that. After Fiverr took their cut, I made like three seventy-five. dollars So I'd have to write <laughs> two LinkedIn oh profile gosh. summaries or review two <laughs> resumes to make my cut. But it was cool as a college student to have some extra money. Well, that quickly grew. I started getting clients from LinkedIn, from Craigslist, raised my rates, and fast forward a few years, and I ended up deciding to leave my full-time job to run my side hustle full-time, and then fast forward another four years, and now it's been a total of eight years doing this, and I've built this coaching business, this resume writing business, doing that, primarily serving people in Silicon Valley, high-tech, who are looking to get jobs at Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, you name it. So I, I know that you work with people doing that and, and you know, around career coaching and, and having amazing resumes. And I also know that you help people, it kind of like life coaching one on 101 and achieving happiness, not only in their careers, but in their lives. And, you know, obviously we spend a lot of time in our careers, so it's directly related. So what do you think is the biggest barrier as you've worked with clients when it comes to them achieving happiness in both their career and in their life. So whether someone is looking for a new job, they're thinking about a career change, they want to launch a new business, they want to grow their current business, confidence is the biggest barrier. At least 95% of the conversations I have with people center around confidence. And it may not be on the surface when they say, hey, Kyle, I'm thinking about applying for this role, or hey, Kyle, I'm thinking about leaving (laughs) my current marriage, Mm -hmm. or hey, Kyle, I'm thinking about asking for a salary raise. However, as soon as we start peeling away that onion, I realize confidence is at the root of almost every single issue people face or really lack of confidence is the center issue that so many people face and is holding them back from achieving what they really want. So what do you, can you give us an example of maybe you have someone who you you find out that confidence is the issue. Where do you start with them in creating some solutions for them? Yes. So what's really key is reflecting on what you've already achieved. I find the people I work with are really amazing. The people listening to this podcast, I'm sure are really amazing. They've likely already achieved a lot of great stuff. So I think it's important to take time to reflect and document those accomplishments. What I love doing is starting an accomplishment journal. Almost all of my clients have this as one of their first homework assignments because confidence usually comes up in the first call, the first coaching session, if not just that consultation. And I say, I want you to keep an accomplishment journal. Every night at the end of every workday, I want you to write down something you achieved during the day. And then if you're not working and you're job searching or you're in between, still write something down because with five days in the week, 52 weeks in the year, that's over 200 accomplishments a year you'll have written down. And that can be a really powerful 
activity to boost your confidence. It can help you with imposter syndrome. It can help you really just document this written proof of what makes you fabulous and help you boost your confidence to say, hey, I really did achieve stuff today. Because as a society, we're just not used to taking time to reflect on all the amazing stuff we've done. I love that. It reminds me of, I don't know if you saw this going around. It was a few years ago where people would have the gratitude jar and they would get mm-hmm. like either a, an empty coffee can or a mason jar and put things in there and then read it back at the end of the year. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Yes, I love that. I think that's so powerful. And I think a lot of times people struggle to find it internally, that all, their own gratitude. So I'm also mm-hmm. a fan of looking externally for it, texting some friends, colleagues, supervisors, and say, hey, what makes me fabulous? And don't say, hey, you're listening to this great podcast. But just say, hey, what makes me fabulous? And see what people say back to you. Screenshot their responses print it out and put it in that gratitude jar and then look back at it when feelings of inadequacy pop up because they're going to pop up and it can be helpful to have some documented proof written down that you can reflect back on. I love that. I, I, one exercise that I do with clients who are struggling in this area that is similar is that I have them go back and either read testimonials from people Mm or emails that they've gotten or greeting cards where someone has taken the time to write about how much they care about someone or how, how, how much they mean to them and, and not just read it, but the assignment is to, to really sit with the 
because I, I work with women and, and the majority of the time they are incredibly uncomfortable at receiving the praise and love that they are given in those moments. Do you find the same thing with your clients? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I love having them read it and then read it multiple times aloud. And they're like, this is so awkward. I'm not used to receiving this praise and sitting in it and absorbing it. And I love that you do that exercise with people. I have a whiteboard next to me and I literally have a bunch of the thank you cards I've received from clients and other people. And I look at them whenever I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling 100% right now to just boost my confidence because that rhythm proof yeah. is so powerful. Well, and it's interesting, the science ar- around it. And I, I'm sure you've you've read about this around our negativity bias that we have and our brains mm-hmm. automatically focus on maybe the negative review or the quote unquote opportunity. What is it called? Opportunity for growth on those. Yeah. <laughs> Those annual reviews, Mm -hmm. but we jump over all the great things that our employer has said about us. And I'm guilty of it too. I have made it a point to really read every single word. I've always read them, the emails that come in of people talking about my work or my books, but I I really take the time to sink in. I mean, and, and I look at it like this. Someone has taken the time to sit down and and write a note, mm-hmm. and it just to me, it's just being an integrity and and giving that person honoring the time that they spent. So that's what I encourage people to do when they're reading their own emails and testimonials and and cards that people have written them. I love that. I love that you have that practice built in, and I love the idea of emails too and greeting cards and just really sitting with it. I think that's really important, which I love. Yes. Well, what? I, so you're known for for helping people, and I love that you you use the word fabulous. You're known for helping people identify what makes them fabulous. So how does someone like? Do you have some kind of step by step process where people identify what it is exactly that makes them special and fabulous? Yes. Yeah, so I love that you talked about already looking at testimonials that people have had. So what I like doing with clients and for people listening to this is drawing a Venn diagram. So on the right side of the Venn diagram, you're going to have what people have already said about you and externally how people see you. So this could be performance evaluations. This could be testimonials. It could be responses that people have sent when you just texted them, what makes me fabulous? So this is how the external world sees you right now. This is the brand you're putting out there. And then on the left side of the Venn diagram, what I want you to write out is what lit you up as a child? What brought you immense joy as a Mm. child? Before there was all these parameters put on you saying, here's what you need to do when you grow up, you need to make a salary, all of that. And then I want you to see where there's an overlap. So for me, when I was a child, I loved teaching. I loved educating. I had a huge whiteboard in my room in elementary school. I had a lesson planner. I would create worksheets for my parents. And then as an adult... (laughs) For your parents? For my parents. (laughs) I would literally create worksheets on our computer, print them out, and then say, hey, here's your worksheet. I'm going to grade it. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, my Uh, gosh. So you were like essentially playing school? Playing school, playing counselor. (laughs) I was a therapist. Uh Uh, I was coaching them. I love it. I was a teacher. Oh my gosh, you name it. (laughs) And then as an adult, those are the same things that people say is what's fabulous about me. They say I'm a great coach, a great listener, a teacher, an educator. And then you look at the overlap. And the reason I like looking at that overlap with people is that's what stuck with you over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years. This is the core of who you are. Even through Mm -hmm. all these life changes, these transitions, this is what stuck with you 
throughout this whole time and can't be removed. And this is the essence of what's fabulous about you. Okay. I love that exercise. So do you, do you most, what's your demographic? Do you mostly work with men and women? Do you work with women? What does that look like? I mostly work with men and women, typically in their forties, fifties, sixties, fifties, because they're senior managers and executives in tech in Silicon Valley. Okay. Do you find that your clients are afraid to own what makes them amazing and fabulous? Or do they embrace it when you do this exercise with them? I get a lot of tears. I'm surprised by how often I get tears because a lot of people know it's there. They just haven't recognized it and owned it. So they're okay at identifying it, or at least the initial, here's two or three things that make me fabulous. And then peeling back the onion is hard for them to say, okay, here's what sets me apart from other people who are creative. And then the owning it is really difficult for people because it's scary to own what sets you apart from other people. It's scary to put yourself out there. And that's a really hard mm-hmm. part for people. And then a lot of the tears come from just not hearing it. We're not used to complimenting each other and lifting each other up. A lot of people haven't received that love and support or haven't yeah. heard it, even from their friends that they're texting. They're like, oh my gosh, I've never heard you say this about me before. And it's really overwhelming. One of the things that I often do for my clients is is I, I actually take them through a curriculum, and one of the first lessons is around their support system and their friends and around around trust. So an assignment I give them is to either text, call, or send a handwritten card to their closest friend or friends where you're telling them how much they mean to you yeah. and be specific. And I I feel like we are acknowledgement starved in this world and it's vulnerable for both parties, the person writing it and the person receiving it. And you know, Brene Brown talks about how trust is built in small increments over time. And, and that is one of those things, those small increments. And I, I love that you I mean, I love and I don't love that people are getting emotional because mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, it tells them, you know, you're cracking something open in them. And it's just what a beautiful exercise. And I think people aren't used to getting positive feedback either, because I know when I work with clients, whether it's their elevator pitch, their resume, their 30, 60, 90 day plan, I'm like, oh, this is really great. I like this part of it. This is great. Oh, I love this. They're like, wait, you're giving me positive feedback. I'm not used to receiving positive feedback. Usually when people give me feedback, they're pointing out everything they don't like. I've never had someone say great (laughs) when reading through something Uh or say, oh, I love how you said this. I've only had them tear it to shreds. And I love that both of us are working to really just add more positivity and add more appreciation into people's lives. How can people more confidently own their fabulousness once once they find out and pinpoint what it is? So it's a huge, huge risk to put yourself out there. It's super scary. A lot of people are worried, okay, what if I put myself out there and I fail? What if people don't like Mm -hmm. my authentic true self? And then on the flip side, which is even more scarier, I think, is what if I succeed? What if I put myself out there and people like me and then every day I have to show up and be authentic and vulnerable and transparent and honest. Mm-hmm. And, what, and sustain it. And sustain it. Fear. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. That's exhausting. Mm-hmm. You get that vulnerability yeah. hangover that Brene Brown talks <sighs> about. Uh-huh. What I like doing is having people think of some of the best moments in their lives. For me, it was moving to San Francisco and now moving to Santa Barbara. It was proposing to my partner 
It was leaving my full-time job to devote 100% of my time to my business. And for those listening, if you list out the best moments in your life, I can promise you that they all have one thing in common, and that's risk. So Mm -hmm. if you want more better moments in your life, you need to take more risks. And one of the riskiest things you can do is identify and share what makes you fabulous. And that's scary. It's risky. But as we just uncovered, the more risks you take, the more best moments you're going to have. So take the risk, share your fabulousness, and know that it's going to lead to more great moments. The more risk you take, the more best moments you're going to have. Put that on a t-shirt, Kyle. (laughs) You're going to make a million (laughs) dollars. I love it. It's scary, but every person I've worked with who's went out there and shared it, yes, there's people who don't like it, but there's so many more people who embrace them, accept them, and they have so many amazing moments that come forward. Okay. Well, I, I want to ask you, cause I have not had that many career coaches on the podcast. You, you may be like the second oh. of like almost 400 episodes, but I, I want to ask because I left the corporate world, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago. So it's been a minute since I've been over there. Mm-hmm. I'm curious when people come to you, I, I'm assuming they know what they're getting into. Cause you're, you're pretty transparent on your site, but do they think that it's going to be all logistics? Like, resume, LinkedIn stuff, 30, 60, 90 day plan, or do they know that they're, they're going to dive into some deeper kind of life coaching stuff? Like, do you surprise them? I think it's a little bit of both. I think people often know it's going to be a little bit, but at least 90% of people reach out to me saying, Kyle, I need a resume. That's it. Because not okay. people say, Hey, I need a life coach. I don't think you Google. No, I need a don't. life coach. <laughs> people <laughs> right. say, I need a resume. And then as we peel back the layers, we realize, okay, it's a lot more here. It's imposter syndrome. It's confidence. It's mm-hmm. maybe it's not my career. I actually have a great career, but I struggle with work-life balance. I struggle right. assertively communicating with my boss or my partner or my right. children. So Sometimes people know what we're going to get into, but oftentimes they're surprised, not just what I uncover, but what they themselves are willing to discover and uncover as time goes on. That's what I was guessing might might be the case. I, I love that. I was, I was just curious. I also want to know, I want to switch gears for a little bit mm-hmm. and like, let's talk about logistics. And so I read on your site that you are a LinkedIn top voice. I just need to know what that is. And like, how do you get, it's like LinkedIn's highest honor. You want to like some kind of gold medal. Tell us about that. Yeah. So LinkedIn top voice, there's 700 plus million people who use LinkedIn and for each category, mine was job search and careers. They choose 10 people who best represent LinkedIn's goals in that category. And I was chosen in 2019 for that honor, which was huge. Um, The amount of traffic I got was overwhelming and it was just really amazing to get that honor and get recognized for the work I was doing because my approach to LinkedIn is much different. It's putting my fabulousness out there. A lot of people say, here's 10 resume tips, wham, bam, done. And what I like doing is sharing my partner, sharing us going to pride, sharing about my mental health challenges, talking about things that other people aren't talking about on the platform. And from my Mm -hmm. understanding, that's a big reason they chose me for that huge honor. Because you're taking risks. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think people don't realize is, yes, when you take a risk, you're going to push people away who don't align with you. You're going to make room for the people who do align with you. I want to ask you another question about LinkedIn, because I know that the large majority of my audience, I have a combination of there are some entrepreneurs 
which, you know, I'm not saying they don't need LinkedIn. <laughs> a lot of times they do. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, some, some nine to fivers and, and I please forgive the, um, the rudimentary way I'm going to ask this question because <laughs> I don't know LinkedIn that well, but what is something, and, and maybe, maybe I need to preface it with the, the type of person, you know, COVID shook up a lot of people, if not everyone. And whether someone is just looking at their career and wanting to make a career change or maybe get a promotion or switch companies altogether or go back into the workforce from being an entrepreneur, what is like the first thing that they need to look at on their LinkedIn profile? I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So what I would focus on is really speaking the language of your target audience. Right now, I have a lot of people switching careers. I work with a lot of people in tech. So I have people coming from retail, from hospitality who are saying, hey, Kyle, I want to move into tech. So instead of using language uh, language like guests or customers that we see in hospitality and retail, you want to use language like users, which they use in tech. So these Mm -hmm. tiny changes can be really powerful. So when writing LinkedIn profiles, what I like doing is finding a job posting of a role you're interested in and literally printing it out. And then as you add the language to your LinkedIn profile, highlight it or cross it off so you know you're speaking their language rather than your own language. And you can literally copy and paste the job posting into your LinkedIn profile, then massage it until it's the truth and fits your background and experience and accomplishments. That's so interesting. Okay, that's like just one little tip that could change everything. Can. And then I think the yeah. second piece is a lot of people will make this amazing LinkedIn profile, it'll read great, and then they sit there and wait and say, why aren't people visiting my LinkedIn profile? I think it's kind of like a new Mm -hmm. website. People write a website and then say, why is no one on my website? 
And if I build it, they will come. Yes. Attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done that before. Exactly. Uh-huh. But you have to reach out to people. So if you want to break into yeah. tech or you want to break into marketing, whatever role you're interested in, LinkedIn, what I love about the platform is there's over 700 million people on it and you're just a click away. So reach out to people in your target role and say, hey, I see that you work at Facebook as a sales director. I used to work as a sales director at Hyatt, for example. Do you have 20 minutes to chat, share best practices, talk about the culture, talk about your application process, your interview, the culture, whatever, and learn Mm -hmm. because that person, one, already went through the interview process. They already landed a job and they can tell you if they like or don't like their job. And two, if things go well, they can introduce you to the hiring manager or give you an internal referral link. So I think that's a really big but missed opportunity that a lot of job seekers don't pursue as reaching out to people in their dream roles. Oh my gosh, there's so much for me to learn on this topic. Okay, <laughs> my next question, <laughs> now that we've opened this door, I'm curious about COVID and what was the biggest one or two things that you saw happen with people reaching out to you? I'm assuming it was a you know, decent amount of people who had unfortunately lost their jobs and needed to, to update their resumes. And was there anything else that you saw that was interesting? Yeah. So I had a lot of people reaching out who were negatively impacted by the pandemic. Yeah. And then I also had a lot of people who were employed, but not happily employed. So there was a lot of uncertainty that employees had. And they said, hey, I don't know if my employer will be remote or not in six months. And I don't want to wait to find out. So a lot of people being proactive saying, let's see if there's another role out there that's more transparent who is going to tell me, hey, you're going to be working remotely in six months. You're going to be able to telecommute or have a flexible schedule. And really employees recognizing that they have a lot more power in the job search and they don't have to wait for their employee employer to really take the lead. And I think that's what we've seen over the last 12 months, 13 months of the pandemic is employees have a lot of say. And if you're at mm-hmm. an organization that you don't like, that you can go find somewhere else that's better for you. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I was, I was just curious about that. Because I know we have a lot of people listening who were probably in that position, either lost their job or really took the time to reflect mm-hmm. on on where they were at and if they wanted to make a change. So I'm I'm curious about you. So you have, we have a similar background. Um, you have a bachelor of science in health education. I have a bachelor of science in kinesiology with an emphasis on, on health science. And I'm, I'm curious, did you have a different, did you want to be a PE teacher? Like, did you have a different kind of path that you were going down and then made a switch? Yes. So in undergrad, I originally wanted to do nursing. I wanted to be a nurse practitioner or a doctor. My major ended up getting full. So what happens if you go to California State University is if you get over a certain amount of units, you have to switch majors because the major is impacted. So I had to switch majors, switch to health education. And then at the same time, I realized, okay, maybe I don't want the schedule of a nurse practitioner or a doctor. I'll go into healthcare administration. So I went to graduate school in Seattle at the University of Washington. Then while I was there, I did quite a few informational interviews with people using that same method I described and said, hey, you're a COO at this hospital. I want to be a COO at a hospital. And all of them said, all of it is, is meetings and budgeting. That's what being a COO of a hospital is. Uh, and I'm like, I do not I mean, want to do that. some people might like that. Yeah. <laughs> some people might, but I don't. I mean, I like meeting with clients, but I don't like meetings all day long and budgeting all day long. 
that's not two things that I like. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll go into nonprofits. And you'll see the theme here is all helping people. And then yeah. throughout the same period, my business just kept booming and growing and growing. So mm-hmm. I had these different paths, but I kept getting pulled back to this resume writing, this career coaching and life coaching and small business coaching. So I had all these ideas, but then I ended up just getting drawn into the business, which I never planned on at all. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I just wanted to, I was curious, like what, what made you kind of move over? And I, you know, that's, I think it is just, I know that some people are 17 or 18 years old and they know what they want to do Mm -hmm. for the rest of their lives and, and that's it. But I just think it's so strange that we ask children, mm-hmm. <laughs> the other teenagers, but to make this decision. And and so many times we, we don't know what we want to do until we do the thing that we thought we wanted to do and then realize that it's not for us. And I've just, I've met so many people 40 and up who still interesting people who still don't know what they want to do yep. with their lives. And there's no shame in that. It is, there it is isn't. a hard decision. I have so many people who come to me who are in their thirties, forties, fifties, who say, Kyle, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I know it's not what I'm doing right now. Help me. (laughs) And then we work to figure that out. And we go through a process to figure out, okay, you don't want to be doing what you do now. What do you need in your next job? What do you want? What don't you want? What can't you have? And what's this going to look like? And how can we use all your transferable skills so you're not just starting over? Right. Or, you know, the network that they've built and so far. How do you, I'm very curious about interview coaching and where do you even start with that? So a lot of my clients are really amazing. They've done great things. And I think what people struggle with is recognizing that what they think is normal or typical is not normal or typical. They'll say, oh, I have weekly one-on-ones with my staff. I introduced daily stand-up meetings oh, I saved us a million dollars in operating costs last year. They rattle off things as if they're normal when really they're amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I struggle with is really to document and then be able to communicate all their accomplishments. So what I like doing is pulling those stories out of my client. What are four, five, six really powerful examples that demonstrate what make you fabulous and unique and different from other job seekers? And then how can we craft those into powerful stories that will work for any interview question that's thrown at you? Because what happens is people try and go Google the 100 most common interview questions. And then what mm-hmm. happens is you're I feel asked- like they're dated. They are. And then you're okay. asked question 101, and then you're not ready and you freeze. So instead, I like crafting four, six really great stories that you can then massage to any question that's thrown at you. So it's key talking points, kind of like a politician. I already know there are 10 or 12 key talking points. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Medicare and the war and all of that. And then you just massage it to the question that's thrown at you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. I feel like if I was going to be interviewed now and they said, like, what could you bring to this company? I would say I am very likable and I have a lot of enthusiasm and energy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's, it's true. Like, I don't, I don't know about my skills, but I get along with most everybody unless they're a complete asshole, then I'm lost. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get along with everybody and be everyone's friend. It's hard to interview. It's so hard. And I think something (laughs) to remember as a job seeker is that you don't do it for a living unless you are a news 
anchor, unless you are a politician, unless you are a PR director, you're not used to interviewing and it's okay not to be amazing. They're not looking to see, are you an amazing interviewer? It's, can you do this job? And to not be too hard on yourself. Okay. I have one more question. And that is, I'm very curious, what surprises you the most about the work you do with your clients? I think what surprises me the most is how many unique, interesting jobs are out there. I'll have people reach out who say, hey, I do this. And I'm like, I didn't even know someone did that. For example, I had someone reach out and they're like, I decide how we place items in what order on grocery store shelves. And I guess I knew at like a high level someone did that, but the amount of science that goes into it and there's whole teams Mm -hmm. that do it. And every day I'm learning about these jobs that I didn't even know existed. And I think it's so cool that all these jobs are out there and available to people. And I love helping people find jobs they love. And just knowing that more and more jobs are getting created every day means there's more and more possibility for people to find jobs they love. That's fantastic. I love that answer. Thank you so much, Kyle, for, for coming on and telling us all of your wisdom around career coaching. And how can how can people find you and and get to know more about your services? Yeah, so I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, Kyle Elliott with two L's and two T's, or my website, caffeinatedkyle.com. Caffeinatedkyle.com. We're going to put all of that in the show notes. And thank you for listening, everyone. I am so incredibly grateful for your time. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye, everybody. Hi there. Swinging back by to say one more thing. You know how I'm always giving advice over here on the show and on social media. And a couple of those things is that I'm always telling you to ask for what you want, be clear about it, and also ask for help. So I am taking a dose of my own medicine and I'm going to do that right now. It would be the absolute best and mean the world to me if you reviewed and subscribed to this show, Make Some Noise Podcast, on whatever podcast platform of your choice. And even more importantly, It would matter so much if you shared this show. Sharing the show is one of the few ways the podcast can grow, and that also gives more women an opportunity to make some noise in their lives. You can do that by taking a screenshot when you're listening on your phone and sharing it in your Instagram or Facebook stories. If you're on Instagram, you can tag me at HeyAndreaOwen, and I try my best to always reshare those and give you a quick thank you DM. And also, you can tell your friends and family about it. Tell them what you learned. Tell them a really awesome guest that you found on the show that you started following. Whatever it is, I appreciate so much you sharing about this show. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.